Hello, my name is Kevin Andrews, and I'm an attorney in our special projects department here at the Murthy Law Firm. I'm joined by Ashley Barbone, an attorney in our H-1B non-immigrant department, and for today's podcast, we'll be discussing what it means to be in lawful status and also what it means to be in a period of authorized stay. The legality of a foreign national's presence in the United States is very complex, and our goal today is to shed some light so that foreign nationals can fully understand how to navigate through our immigration system while at the same time complying with the law. So briefly, I want to just define a couple of terms, and then Ashley and I will give some examples about uh, how these concepts of unlawful status and period of authorized stay come into everyday life. So let's define some terms. Lawful status means when a foreign national is complying with the terms and conditions of their non-immigrant status. So if you're an H-1B, you're working at the work location, getting paid the salary, and doing the job that's listed in the approved H-1B petition. Uh, Being in a period of authorized stay means that you have some other conditional basis to remain in the United States where you're not accruing what's called unlawful presence, but you're also not maintaining non-immigrant status. And we'll talk about when that comes into play. Finally, unlawful presence means you are present in the United States beyond the expiration of an I-94 card without a timely filed extension or change of status request pending. And in those situations, if you're here for too long, unlawfully present, you can trigger some bars from re-entry into the United States. There's a three and a 10-year bar. So with that, let's talk about some common scenarios that come up involving these concepts. Ashley? Sure. So. Uh, even if a foreign national is um, out of status, he or she may be in a period of authorized stay, as Kevin mentioned, which is a period of authorized stay authorized by the Attorney General. One of the most common situations where this occurs is when a petition to extend your status is filed on behalf of a foreign national while the individual is still in valid status. And this is generally indicated on the person's Form I-94. In most situations, if the individual status subsequently expires while this petition is pending, the person falls out of status but remains in a period of authorized stay until the petition is adjudicated. If the petition is ultimately approved, the individual is essentially viewed as having been in valid status for the entire period. However, if the petition is ultimately denied, the foreign national is typically deemed to be out of status and accruing unlawful presence from the date of the denial onward. Yeah, uh, actually, it's a similar situation if you, uh, another scenario involving a foreign national that has valid status, uh, that person might file a a petition or have a petition filed for them to change status. That also serves to place a person into a period of authorized stay once the individual, the individual status expires, as long as that petition was timely filed. So just like in your example, if the person's I-94 card is getting ready to expire, but either the extension or the change of status is filed before that expiration date, and it's otherwise a valid petition, then that person should be regarded as having maintained status afterwards, even if, uh, as long as the petition is ultimately approved. So uh, this this can be a situation, though, like for foreign nationals who are in the United States looking to change status to H-1B, the, like the, the initial one, the cap subject one with an October 1 start date, They can only take advantage of that provision to remain in the United States uh, as they're transitioning from, let's say, F1, well, F1's a bad example, but transitioning from like a L1 or a different uh, work authorization basis, they would only be able to remain in the United States as long as their current status carried through that October 1 start date, since as many of you know, the first petition for an H-1B can only begin at the beginning of the fiscal year, which is October 1. 
So if a petition to extend or change status is filed on behalf of a foreign national who is out of status, uh, that generally will not put that person into a period of authorized stay. So the petition does, as we mentioned, need to be timely filed in order to get that period of authorized stay benefit. So if petitions are filed after the person is out of status, generally if the request for the classification is going to be approved, it probably would only be approved for consular processing, meaning the I-94 card will not come with the approval. That person might need to leave, apply for an H uh, a visa, a non-immigrant visa, and then come back into the United States to be admitted into that status. Okay. One other thing we need to mention is a, a practical distinction between being in a period of authorized stay and maintaining lawful status in the context of serial porting. A typical scenario would involve a foreign national who timely files a request to change or extend non-immigrant status, then after the individual's I-94 card expires, but while that petition is still pending, a second petition is filed requesting a change of employer or a change of status. In this type of situation, that second filing would be regarded as untimely if the first filing is ultimately denied. That first filing allows the individual to remain in the U.S. in a period of authorized stay, but doesn't confer any lawful status. Therefore, it cannot be used as a bridge between that initial status reflected in their I-94 card and the second filing. Yeah, so Ashley, in my experience, bridge, uh, this bridge issue tends to be, uh, can get very complicated and, you know, probably the safest thing to do is to, if you're transitioning from one employer to a new employer, a, ch a change or extension of status is filed, probably the most conservative thing to do is to wait until that, that petition is, has been adjudicated to an approval before moving over um, in a lot of cases. So let's talk about some, uh, l let's just f uh, identify some hypotheticals so we can illustrate some common scenarios that come up when we're dealing with, uh, you know, period of authorized stay and how that comes into play. So <clears throat> one common example that comes up is where an individual, let's say an individual is in L1 status right now and that status is valid until July 1 of 2013. The petition to change status to F1 from L1 to F1 is filed in June requesting a June 30th start date, so a day before the expiration of the current L1 I-94 card. If the petition is still pending come July, that person will be out of status because the I-94 card has expired, but that person would be into a, in a period of authorized stay until that petition to change status to F1 is adjudicated since it was timely filed. Great. Another example is if an individual is in L1 status, which they, again, valid through July 1st, 2013, and then a CAP subject H1B petition to change status to H1B is filed in April 2013 and it requests a start date of October 1st, 2013. Regardless of whether the petition is pending or approved, the individual must leave the United States by July 1st because of the gap between the start date they've requested, October 1, and the expiration date of their L1 status, July 1st. But I want to make a note here, because the individual in this example is subject to the cap, the employer can't request a start date earlier than October 1. In other situations, you might be able to avoid that gap. Uh, and third, a third example is when an individual is in H-1B status, valid through September 30th, 2013, and then they file a petition to extend their status in August 1st of 2013. And then in October, while the first petition is still pending, they petition to change employers, so a second uh, petition H-1B is filed on their behalf. If that first petition is denied, that individual would be out of status and begin to accrue unlawful presence from the date after the denial, 
regardless of whether that second petition is still pending. Right, so, so again, that's that bridge issue I think you were exactly. mentioning. Exactly. Okay, well, uh, these three scenarios, we, we see them v fairly commonly, and uh, you know I think the main practice pointer to take away with that bridge scenario is that it's safer to move over upon the approval instead of uh, move over, moving over to a new employer upon the filing of a petition, even though the law permits you to do so. Uh, sometimes upgrading to premium processing is a way to get those uh, adjudications expedited if possible. But this discussion, the purpose was just to provide a brief, very brief overview of some of the situations where understanding these differences between what period of authorized stay means versus holding valid non-immigrant status can have serious implications on a foreign national's uh, status and presence in the United States, and along with their work authorization with, a, with an employer. And that employer could incur some potential liability too if the employers don't monitor those situations. So when questions arise uh, that are beyond the scope of just these three basic common examples, an experienced attorney should be consulted to help you navigate through these complex issues. And we hope that you consider the Murthy Law Firm. Uh, for Ashley Barbone, my name is Kevin Andrews. Thank you very much and have a great day.